All right. Not the way we wanted it to go. I'm going to call this one of the last of the seasons. Because I don't know if it's the last. Because I don't know if it's the last. Because you could, we could go on and on and on. And we could go into Phillies. We could go into the whole season at large, game by game. We could go... You know, off-season stuff, rumor mills, coaching hires. I mean, we could keep this podcast going, but I will say this is probably going to be one of the last for this season. Doesn't mean we won't go live, but it's been a crazy year. Uh, I didn't even know if we were going to do it this week. We'll see if, if Doom can join me, and I may need to reset this. But I want to recap the game by game. I'll get to your comments. I know a lot of people have strong opinions and what was more important than the other. Some people are just over it and are taking the high road and saying we lost. Um, But I'm not that way. And I think the best way to do it without jumping around and saying what thing was more important than the other, I think the best way is to just start from the top. And if you have an opinion on anything, you let me know in the comments and we'll get to it. But I think I'm just going to start De Moolah, baby, second loser. It's, that's right. I think the best way is to just start at the first quarter and just go through. I'll get to everything. We're going to leave no stone. Unturned. I got all night. So please bear with me. I appreciate you guys all season long. Chokadelphia. So. We started first quarter with the ball. I'll just start there. And you let me know when to stop. Got the ball. A lot of people wanted the ball. A lot of people wanted the ball first. They wanted to score. They wanted to get the lead. We got the ball. We lost the coin toss. But as you know, in the Super Bowl, after the coin toss, is another 20 minutes of national anthems and life goes on. But we scored. We got the ball first. We scored first. Exactly what a lot of people wanted. Got the ball. Drove down, scored 7-0. That's what they wanted. Knowing that it's worked all playoff long, and knowing that in history of the NFL, deferring is the better option, but not necessarily not necessarily the best option for this team. Analytically, the best option is to defer. We wanted the lead, and we wanted to hang on for dear life at the end, and that's kind of what we got. So we scored, and they tied it. We both actually got stops, defensive stops. We stopped them. Um, they stopped us. We scored again, 14-7. And the defense, we'll get to the defense. 
We're going to get to everything. I promise you, Jason. The defense let us down, he's saying. So, we both scored 7 nothing, tied it one stop apiece. We score and go up 14-7. And then, the fumble. You get a false start. You don't get a conversion. You get blown up. The game's tied 14-14. Now, a lot of people don't think that matters because Jalen's performance, and we had a lead going in the half, but really, you know this league is won and lost on turnovers, points off turnovers, and turnover margin. We got none of them. So we got up 7 nothing. We got up 14-7, and then we gave them 7 points. 14 to 14. We scored again. 21 to 14. Now the fumble really doesn't matter in most people's opinion at this point in the game. Still does. Still does, but we scored again. 21 to 14. We stopped them. We stopped them. We get the ball back. Huge pass play to Devontae Smith. It is ruled a catch. Would have been over a minute left in the red zone. The 13. Not quite the red zone. We would have still been able to get a first down. The 13-yard line. They overturned it, which we'll get to the officiating, but I could see if they called it incomplete and sticking with that. They called it a catch, and then they took it away from us. We still ended up driving down the length of the field, but ran out of time and got three points. So it was 24 to 14 at the half. We had a 10-point lead. I'll tell you why that's a problem. Problem there is you only have a 10-point lead, and we deferred. So Patrick Mahomes is getting the ball in the second half. You gave them seven on a fumble. You got three instead of seven at the end of the half. So you gave them seven. And you got three instead of seven, so that's a, another differential of four points. So there's 11 points wasted right there. 11 points. You still have a 10-point lead. Could have been anywhere from a 17 to a 21-point lead. Could have been more. Didn't matter, though. We got the ball. We got the lead. 10-point lead. That's what everyone's thinking at that point. Time for Rihanna. Pregnant Rihanna. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough because the because you gave them seven, wasted another four points at the end of the half on, on officiating. And we actually got some stops on defense in the first half. They adjusted, we didn't. But the lead wasn't enough. You still have a 10-point lead, but third quarter, Mahomes gets the ball. They score. Now it's a new ball game at that point. It wasn't a two-score lead. It was a three-point lead because you deferred. You knew they are getting extra possessions in the second half. So let me know where you think it went wrong. At that point, when you're only down three with Patrick Mahomes at the helm and nobody's stopping anybody, and I'll tell you why that matters. Nobody's stopping anybody. It's a three-point game. 
They score. We get three points. So, three points. And with about a minute and a half left in the third quarter, we get three points. And we only go up six. This is where Quez Watkins had a drop. That could have been a P.I. call. That wasn't. Could have gone back up 10 here at this point. But you only go up six. This is where A.J. Brown said, you know, I knew we were at risk here. They came out of the half. They got seven. Couldn't stop them. We only got three. You go up six points instead of ten. Could have put them away right there in the third with a couple big-time scores. Didn't. Not going to blame the offense. We scored 35 points. Both these offense, we can agree, scored over 30 points per game. And that's what we knew we were getting. It was all going to be coming down to the defense and Patrick Mahomes. And we take a six-point lead there in the third. Now, this is where the game turns. They score a touchdown, seven points. We're only up six. Now they're up a point. We do nothing. Bad punts. Down to the five. We don't stop them. This is where everyone wants to kill Jonathan Gannon. But gave him seven. He had a bad punt. Now they're up eight points on us. They scored twice in a row with us with nothing. Mind you, the offense only possessed the ball in the second half four times. And one of them was the last play of the game. Wasn't even a possession. Possessed the ball three times. They go up eight. Jalen Hurts methodically, and this is why everyone's forgiving him for the fumble as well, which I can't. Best, almost the best quarterback performance ever in a Super Bowl because he had four touchdowns. No one's ever done it, thrown for over 370 yards. They go up eight. We score. He gets the two points. Heroically makes up for his shortcomings. Guy is amazing, but we tie it. And then busted play, run play. Patrick Mahomes scrambles for over 26 yards. And the officiating crew who goes 576 consecutive snaps without calling a defensive hold. Calls a defensive hold. And that's when the game's taken away from you. Heads up play by McKinnon. He doesn't run in the end zone. We're almost letting him score at that point because we want the ball back. They stripped us away of a chance to get the ball back at the end of the game. Listen, no team's perfect. Every time Jonathan Gannon played against a good quarterback, he's allowed 70-80%. I get that. He's shown me nothing. The defense has been great all year. The special teams was bad all year, and that was one of the reasons that bit us in the butt. There was a couple games we played, if you remember the Redskins game, where they ran the ball down our throat and they kept the ball out of our hands, and we had a couple self-inflicted mistakes. Like the Goddard fumble where he was face masked. Well, we had the Hurts fumble 
and he was face mask in the first half. Fumble and pump boot. That's what Cliff says. So that was the recipe to beat us. And the Chiefs did it in the second half. They ran the ball. They did to us what we did to them in the first half. They kept the ball out of our hands. They got a fumble mistake out of us, which happened in a game earlier in the year. And the team who made less mistakes won. And there was any flaw, it was that we played that zone in between the 20s and then played man, and we got caught on a few motion plays there. And the special teams, which was an issue. And you rotated punters. I actually hated the fact that we rotated punt- punters. Brett Kern wasn't very good. But... Now, having said that, I didn't really talk about officiating. I wanted to go through the game top to bottom first. Um, just from an organizational standpoint. But it four offensive possessions in the second half. Josh, that is an amazing segue. Josh asks, what are your thoughts on zero sacks from our all-time sack squad? So this is where people are going to start to disagree with me. So I went to the game from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, which if you didn't catch it, you can listen to. This will be uploaded later. My thoughts on zero sacks. So I can get over the fumble. I can get over a player having a bad play. I can get over Jonathan Gannon getting out coached by Andy Reid. I can get over losing the game because some team had to lose. I can get over um, not being ready for the moment, not being ready for the spotlight, whatever. I can get over the loss. What I can't get over is the fact that both of these offense, if you guys will agree with me, and this is where I'll get to your sack point. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here. Both of these offenses, we can agree, between them and the Bengals, they're Two of the top three, top five offenses going into this game. Both offenses scored over 31 points, which they did. They was tied 35-35 at one point. Both these offenses, top five offenses. Where the game was different was, definitely had our chances, we'll be back. I love it. Where the game was different was, we knew the offenses would both put up 30 points. Where the game was different was, one team had rookie corners, And it didn't matter of the surface of the field that they played on because they were not very good. They had a historically bad pass defense. And we exploited it. We had huge plays from A.J. Brown, Vontae Smith, some of which were taken away. The Chiefs ranked in the 20s in many statistical categories. The Eagles were top five. Now, I believe, and you guys may disagree, Part of the reason we had zero sacks, you can blame Jonathan Gannon, part of the reason we had zero sacks was the field. The field, now both teams had to play on it, but I will never forgive the conditions of the field. The field was so slippery, it eliminated both defenses from the game, which both teams had to play on it. But when you have a top five defense and a top 20 defense, and that element of the game is removed completely, who does it affect more? I think it affects us more. P. 
People were betting serious money. I had people messaging me, where can I get a Hassan Reddick Super Bowl jersey? I'm betting MVP Hassan Reddick. He's going to have two sacks. They're going to blow him up like the Bucs did against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That facet of the game was removed from us and stolen from us. And a team... They had no sacks on us, but their defense wasn't that good. Both defenses were removed. Our defense was good going into the game. And you looked at our roster. We had all 22. We squandered the most important game in Philly sports history. From top to bottom, we had all 22 healthy. We blew it. And you removed one of the... Could have been the defensive player of the year from the most important game of the year. You removed that guy from the game. You removed him from the game. The Bucks. This is one of the reasons why the Eagles were favorites in the game. Both offenses were the same. They both put up over 30 points. It, what it came down to was defense. And that portion of the game was removed by the field position, by the field conditions. You could see multiple plays. And and, and while both teams had to play on it, there's some stats out there that 38% of snaps, Eagles players fell on the ground. The Chiefs only fell on the ground 18% of the time. We were not ready for the field conditions. Now, the grass that they used is the grass that they use at Lincoln Financial Field. The only problem is that grass this time of year, if you ever look at the Eagles field in the winter, it's like a brown color. So what they do is they mix the Tacoma 31 grass. Now I'm a freaking grass expert. What they do is they mix the grass with rye grass, which made it that beautiful color and it looked beautiful. I look really look forward to a big defensive game and it was taken away from us. The game would have been a blowout if this game was played outdoors on a normal field. If this game was played in Philly, it would have been another 31 to 17 game. Just like the other games. So they mix the grass with ryegrass to make it green. What happens is when you oversaturate it, when you, they wheeled it out and they brought it back in, and the humidity and the biz, and of the building and from watering it, it got oversaturated. And players said it was like playing in a water park. So just to make it look pretty, we were stripped. And the entire integrity of the game was stolen from us. And then you had an officiating crew for 576 consecutive snaps didn't call a defensive holding call. And in the last two minutes of the game, the spotlight gets too big for them, and they call it. And they... An all-time great, best Super Bowl ever, 35-35. The ending gets taken away from you, and clock is run out because of officiating. And we made mistakes. We let a punk go. We fumbled. And you could say it was on that. But. And I can live with that. I can live with the fumble. I can live with spotting them seven. And spotting them points. And getting out coats. I can live with all that. And we lost. And you could say the better team won. That's fine. Even if we still lost. We're going to see him next year on a normal field. I hope so. Even if we still lost and got our butts beat, 
Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I can't ever forgive them for the field and for the officiating. Now, it benefited us one time. I think we got lucky with that Sanders fumble. But the Smith catch costed us seven. We got three instead at the end of the first half. And then the big hole at the end. And we deferred. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Good insight on the field conversation and distance. Reds can't call the hold. They can't call it in that game. And if it, it was a hold, but they hadn't called it the entire game. They hadn't called it in consecutive games. Now, Bradbury was wearing a black glove on white sleeves on a white jersey. If he had white gloves on, you might have not been able to see it. It was kind of like a bullseye on him, tugging him. There was also a defensive face mask on the play. Um, or an offensive lineman held on the play while we held. There's holding on every play. So, yeah, the field, they love the grass. Um, but there's a clip out there. They had to mix it with something else to make get that beautiful color. And, uh, hey, the Chiefs were ready for it, and we weren't. But um, now, and then after all that, yeah, they call it holding, not pass interference. They, um, sue hands to the face was nonsense. Now, not... Not only did we lose, but now we're the first team in 10 years to lose both coordinators. And they're going to remove... They're going to remove the uh, tush-push play where somebody pushes the QB sneak. They're going to remove that. We lost both our coordinators. We have a huge list of free agents. So, guys, let me know who stays and who goes and who's a priority. But how long will this take? When is the next time we'll see a Phillies team in a championship game? Because we had three in 99 days. Four if you count the Philadelphia Stars and the Union and the Phillies. And how long will it take to get back here after paying a quarterback $50 million and losing over 20 free agents and having to reassemble your entire coaching staff on a short offseason? And get prepared for a draft. And work the cap. And re-sign people. And restructure people. Now they've already been working on this. Ahead of this. They knew this day was coming. It's not rocket science. They've done it before. Howie's a genius. But. I. We did not get the game that we thought we were going to get. We got beat. I hope he does. Or I hope they do like what they do for in baseball where they give them a really huge number. Like like a Bobby Bonilla contract where they give him what he wants guaranteed 
but they spread that out over a really long period of time. Like they give them $400 million, but it's over like 12, 15 years. And it brings his AAV down to like 30 instead of paying him like $50 million a year. And then the cap goes up. So, and you got to hope Hertz keeps his legs good and he's still mobile later in his career. Or he progresses as a pocket passer. Because eventually the cap and the salary is going to catch up. Like Hertz is going to get paid and then the salary cap is going to go up. And then the next big quarterback is going to get paid even more. And then like four or five years into the deal, Hertz is going to be making half as much as those other guys. Because it just keeps going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. It's really going to hurt. Now, uh, well, this year, what they could do is they could bonus him a lot of money and kick the can down the lane and still only get the cap hit of $2 million, which is what it's at now. He gets paid a couple hundred thousand dollars plus bonuses. Um, he'll get paid more than that in signing bonus. He'll get a big lump sum of money today, so he's happy. But it'll backload the contract another 10 to 15 years, which is what they can do. And now he's a genius, and they'll pay him early, and they'll use this last year of his rookie um, money. They'll use this last year to their advantage. They'll eat some of it now, and they'll eat some of it, kick some of it down the line. And and the people want to keep keep Boston Scott and uh, like to see Bradbury back. Yeah, I don't know how you pay him. The easiest way to play. To pay Bradbury would be to trade Darius Slay and then pay Bradbury. And why I say that is Darius Slay is well worth it. The most simplistic answer is Bradbury gets paid whatever he wants and he walks away. And we still have Slay under contract. But Howie's a little bit more savvier than that. By signing Bradbury to a huge bonus and for a long-term deal, you're now kicking that cap hit down the line where Slay's cap hit is hurting you today. So by trading that deal and unloading that contract, I would think, would help you now. And then you could pay Bradbury and then draft a corner. And unload the, or just restructure Slay and and help his cause. But actually, the 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 best cap thing w- would be to, you know, sign them now, buy now, pay later. Sign Bradbury now, pay later. Unload the Slay contract today, or rework it, or redo it. But the Eagles are going to get. They have two first round picks. They're going to get a ton of compensatory picks. Sixers are going to get there. I'm not talking Sixers tonight. I actually went to the Sixers game on Monday night. Very miserable. But it was so much fun. So shout out. Thank you to my friends at um, Fabietti uh, Accounting in South Jersey. We were sitting in the club. Waitress service. Got some great food. Sixers romped them. It's a great recovery day. I'm not going to talk Sixers. Now we trust. 
they have upwards of 20 something free agents. So there's no way they sign 20 players this off season. Uh, they're going to get comp picks. So you got Bradbury, Fletcher Cox, Andre Dillard, TJ Edwards, Marcus Epps, Gardner Johnson, Brandon Graham, Hargreave, Linval Joseph, Jason Kelsey, Kern, Minshew, Pascal, Robert Quinn, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott. Now I'm going to tell you who's definitely leaving. I'm going to tell you who's definitely leaving. And thank you. I appreciate you guys loving my insight on the, uh, on the field and the, and the conditions. I really do, even though both teams played on it, I really do think that it affected one team more than the other because we had the better team going into the game. And it totally eliminated that phase of the game for both teams. Both teams. CJ is a priority. He gets paid. Miles Sanders is gone. Robert Quinn is gone. Pascal they could get back, maybe. Minshew is gone. Boston Scott they can get back, maybe. Brett Kern is gone, the punter. Jason Kelsey can, well, they'll figure him out if he wants to keep playing. He's either going to retire or he's still going to be an Eagle. Linval Joseph is gone. Hargrave is going to be hard to figure out, but I'd have to say he's gone. I'd have to say in their two first-round picks, they're going to draft offensive and defensive linemen. And they have Jordan Davis, who barely played. Linval Joseph, Javon Hargrave is gone. Brandon Graham is probably gone. Probably going to go to Detroit or somewhere where they need a leader, a, a up-and-coming team. Gardner Johnson, they'll figure out. Marcus Epps is going to be a very underrated loss because they're going to play Chauncey Gardner. They're going to pay Gardner Johnson. They're going to either have Blankenship play. They're going to lose Marcus Epps, and he's going to go on to be a great player for another team. TJ Edwards is going to be gone. He's going to make big money. Isaac Sayamala is going to be gone. He's going to make big money. Dillard is going to be gone. Butcher Cox is going to be gone. Bradbury will most likely be gone unless they could restructure Slay or trade him and sign Bradbury. TJ Edwards is gone because the Kobe Dean is going to start and they don't value that position enough to, to play it. BG could if he wants to play on a one-year deal. But if he wants three to four years and wants money, you can't... BG barely played... BG played single-digit snaps percentage-wise in the Super Bowl. Which was a huge Gannon thing. For people that, that are Gannon haters... Gannon rotated the offensive-defensive line all year. In the Super Bowl, his rotation was way smaller than it was during the regular season. So that could be another reason why we didn't get a lot of sacks. I blame the field because I just have never seen Hassan Reddick not be productive. He had 19 sacks this year. I don't think their offensive line was that great. Tooney and Creed Humphrey are nice players, but I don't think it took an act of God for him to get eliminated from that game, and that act of God was the field. It had nothing to do with them outplaying us or outplaying our D-line. We were stacked top to bottom on defense, and that phase of the game was eliminated from both teams. 
And Pat Mahomes and company scored their average. They did. And it was all about keeping them below average. And we did not. And part of that had to do with Gannon. Part of that had to do with the field. Like I said, I can forgive getting out coached. I can forgive getting out played, making mistakes, missed assignments, not being ready for the moment. Happens in sports. What I can't forgive is stuff that's controllable, like fields and judging and officiating and being ready and drying the field and testing it. That is just lazy and it's unforgivable. So, I think uh, we're going to have to recap the whole season. I think the NFC is weak. I think if there's any team that can come back and get back there, back-to-back years, it's really hard to Super Bowl hangover. You see these teams... Barring injury, that's usually what it comes down to. Barring injury, what happens in this sport, what the best teams do is they build it in the trenches, offensive, defensive line. You've seen, you saw Joe Burrow losing the Super Bowl, getting blown up. You saw Pat Mahomes losing the Super Bowl when the offensive line is getting blown up. Fortunately, in this game, that phase of the game was completely eliminated. But, um,. It all comes down to O-line play. Jalen Harris had a magical season. He developed so much. He's so accurate. He threw some balls, some crazy balls in tight windows. Dallas Goddard had a really underrated game. Both Steve Smith had over 100 yards. A.J. Brown, huge touchdown catch having a rel- after having a relatively quiet postseason. But Jalen Hurts, I'm not going to take anything away from Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts just progressed so much, and his quarterback's coach is going to be our next OC, and he's just an unbelievable person, and he's going to keep working. He's just unbelievable. But I will say, if he doesn't have as much mobility and he doesn't have as much awareness and progression that he's had, if the offensive line was bad like a lot of teams had, like we saw the Bills after they paid Josh Allen, like their offensive line is not was not very good. They're getting blown up. And that's what it comes down to is line play. And I don't think, and quarterback, and I don't think the NFC has a quarterback better than Jalen Hurts. And I think the Eagles are so committed. Even if they lose Kelsey and have to have Cam Jurgens, I think they'll use both their first-round picks on offensive linemen if they have to. They have their skill position players. They have Smith, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts all under contract next year. Dallas Goddard. So barring injury, and they keep building these line, this line, this is a recipe that you want to have. And why not? Why not us get back? I mean, I said it, you know, I'm looking at the schedule. It's going to be tough. But away games next year, I mean, you got to go to New York two times, D.C., Dallas, Seattle, Rams. Not that great. KC is probably going to be the opener. It's either going to be the opener or it's going to be moved to Munich. You go to Boston, Patriots, eh, not that good. Away games are pretty manageable, and I love the Eagles at home. I really do. I don't care who they play. I mean, the Niners are coming. The Cardinals are probably coming. Um, got the Dolphins who are up and coming. 
You have some good teams. Luckily, nobody got injured. They had plenty of time to get done before the game. Shame on them. The casinos loved it. Lots of money was on the Eagles. Nick Sirianni was great. My biggest worry with they should have dried the field. With They usually have blow dryers, which they didn't have. And they dry it, which they didn't do, which is sus. Nick Sirianni, the thing I love about Nick, Nick showed me everything I needed to see today because I was really worried after losing Shane Steichen. Remember when Nick Sirianni became the head coach, he was the play caller. And then midway through the season last year when we made the playoffs at like a 9-8, and eight, he handed the play calling duties over at some point in the season unannounced to Shane Steichen. And I love that model as a head coach where he's the head coach, manages the game, manages the staff, manages the players, manages the challenges, the timeouts, the choices of when to go for it or not. I love the fact that he's the figurehead and he has an offensive coordinator who calls the plays and a defensive coordinator who calls the defense. Because he can always stay there. That's what like Mike Tomlin does and what John Harbaugh does. Now, when you have a good staff, your guys are going to keep getting plucked. Or if your offense sucks, you fire the coordinator and you get a new one. And your head coach stays the same and stays consistent. I love Nick. He's not going to call the plays next year, he announced today. They'll hire Brian Johnson, Kevin Petullo, somebody from outside the organization like Eric Bieniemy that will call the plays for somebody on their staff. He will stay committed to doing what's best for the Eagles. Defensive coordinator, I don't think is an internal hire. I think they bring in a, especially after what happened to the Super Bowl and how much this Eagles organization does listen to its fan base. They really do, although they shouldn't, and they should just manage it and keep doing what they're doing because they've been in two Super Bowls in the last six seasons. What they do, right, is they listen, and they agree with us sometimes. Hey. You're not going to take Denard Wilson or Nick Rallis, who's 20 years old, unless he's got some great ideas and you want to roll the dice and he's peop- and the players love him. Other than that, you want a guy that's called defensive game plans to be on your side. You want a veteran guy. They wanted Fangio, but they didn't think that Jonathan Gannon was going to leave. And then last minute, right before they left after the Super Bowl ended, Arizona wanted to interview him. It came abruptly fast. Thank you for listening. It came so fast. Thank you so much. I hope I can pronounce your name okay. Andrea. Maybe. So they really listened to their fans and forgot where I was. But I think you need a guy that can call defensive plays and call defense that can call a game and could take risks. They didn't take a lot of risks in the regular season at all. Um, And it caught up to them in the biggest game. They didn't need to. They could play soft. They got a lot of turnovers. They played mistake-free ball. They didn't take a whole lot of risks. They didn't really play that great of teams. 
That's why everyone thinks it's going to be really hard to get back because we had the easy schedule. We won a ton of games. We got the one seed. We got to host our own home playoff games. That is simply the easiest path. Happened in 17 as well. Our regular season wasn't that tough. Got the one seed, two home playoff games. Basically, our straight shot into the Super Bowl when that when that aligns for you nicely. Quarterback on a rookie deal, you can stack the lineup. Um, that that's why people were afraid that we won't be able to get back. But why we will be able to get back is the NFC doesn't have a really like a team that has that dude at quarterback. I really do think you're going to bring in a veteran defensive coordinator that as long as the personnel is good, you're not going to need to really dial it up. You really you really aren't. You're going to need to dial it up when you play the big-time quarterbacks. And what happened when Jonathan Gannon played the big-time quarterbacks, we saw it two years ago when we were like 9-8, and eight, when we played, you know, anybody decent. Tom Brady carved us up. Uh, who else? Thinking two years ago, not this past year. So this year, all we played was Aaron Rodgers, and that was a huge high-scoring game. Called us, carved us up. Dak carved us up. Patrick Mahomes carved us up. I don't really know what other quarterbacks we played this year. Two years ago, we played Herbert over seventy. Our, granted, our personnel wasn't as good, but Herbert over 80 percent. Soft zone, soft zone, soft zone, soft zone. Completion, 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 completion. When we played the big time quarterbacks, this is what happened. This is what happened. So you're going to need a guy that can, in the playoffs when it matters, when the NFC gets their act together and some of these teams get some better quarterbacks, maybe Stafford comes back healthy next year. I don't know who's going to be a contender. Golf. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to go to the AFC. He might go to the Jets. I don't know. Just somebody in a division signed Carr. Like the, like the Redskins. I don't know. Danny Dimes didn't scare me. Dak. I mean, you're going to need a handful of times a year that you play a really good quarterback. Next year, I'm looking at the roster. I mean, I, I don't even know what quarterbacks we play next year that are good. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Play the Seattle. Who are they going to have? Geno Smith again? I mean, the pa- the Patriots have um, Mac Jones. He doesn't really scare me. Dak has a great record against us. Daniel Jones doesn't. The Commanders do not, unless they get Carr or somebody. Kyler Murray. Eh. 49ers, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Josh Allen, Tua, Kirk. Even Kirk. See, we got ahead of the Vikings. That's what I thought we were going to do to Patrick Mahomes. We got so ahead of the Vikings, they could never come back on the home opener. But um, you got Dak and Matt Stafford, Mac Jones, the Jets. I mean, they might have Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Buccaneers. They're probably not going to have a quarterback. Pat Mahomes. So, I mean, out of 20 games next year, we have one, two, six times. Six times you have, you know, to really dial it up. And every time that's happened with Gannon and he played a, a Justin Herbert of the world or something like that, I always go back to that game. It was so frustrating a couple years ago. Still ended up making the playoffs, but 
when you play these guys, they just he just carves them up. And all these guys, Fangio left, but a lot of his principals, Matt Eberflus, Vic Fangio, even Vance Joseph, a lot of these guys zone principal guys. They run a lot of the same stuff between the 20s. They play the soft stuff. They don't want to let up the big play. And then they play man in the in the um, red zone. And and you need to be you need someone who's who's who knows hey this is a different game we're in a different spot here this is the Super Bowl it's not your freaking playing the Giants in the middle of Philly with Daniel Dimes it's the Super Bowl you got to get ready you need to be able to dial it up and get ex- some exotic things and at least do something. Although they did slow it down in the first half and we kept the ball out of his hands. It really, uh, they adjusted well and we weren't ready for it. So, like I said, a lot of people are beating up Jonathan Gannon. I can beat up Jonathan Gannon too, but what I, what I can tell you is it comes down to players and players have to make plays. And this team is willing to spend money and build the roster and put people in a position to be successful. The coordinator and the coaches and the calls is a really small portion of it, and they got to be ready those three to four or five times a year. And he wasn't. I'll give you that. He was not ready. So I don't know how long this will take me to get over. We do have Phillies coming up. I don't want it to all be doom and gloom because it was a great season. So maybe I'll come back to you guys, and I'll uh, we'll go game by game because there's some some of my favorite games this year. We've had some of the greatest games ever. Um, the, the the Titans game is when I think that we really knew this team was special. Um, and when Howie went out and signed Linval and some guys, once we got that one loss and just, it was just really special. And hopefully we get back in the next five years or so, or we're going to look back at this and we're going to say, hey, that man, that was one of the worst in any sport. Um, opportunities, one of the biggest missed opportunities ever. We had all 22 healthy, one of the best Eagles team, probably the best Eagles team, most talented I've ever seen. Because although we had T.O. and things like that, and Jim Johnson, Ryan Dawkins, um, we never had 2,000-yard receivers like that and a tight end. This team, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, I mean, this team was just so much, and really the only way we could have lost this game was by making a few mistakes, which we did, and getting some bad calls, which we also did. So, it wasn't meant to be, but I still love the Eagles. I'm not mad at them, and I appreciate everything you guys have done, so please subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and then this podcast is available, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google Play Store, and wherever you listen. We'll be back. We'll be back with Doom. It was my birthday this week, and we didn't get a parade for my birthday. Very unfortunate. But I appreciate y'all. Signing off.